You know, when I come to, when I plan during the week to preach, I always, um, in my mind, I get, there's a fantastic part of, um, in Acts, where Peter gets up to speak, and he speaks to the multitudes, and he says, it says, they were cut to the heart, and I find that so powerfully, and I almost wanted to forget my notes this morning, but I didn't. I was like, oh, they're there. <laughs> I can't pretend to forget them. Um, but, you know, Peter, they were cut to the heart in Acts. I really would like one day just, you know, God cut us to the heart, whatever that takes. If it's me, if it's the next preacher, if it's, you know, whatever happens. It's not about me, it's the Holy Spirit in us. You know, God, we pray now during this preach, Holy Spirit, you have your way in our hearts. And if you want to cut us to the heart, the, in Acts it says people were cut to the heart by the speaking of the word. And that would just be incredible if, Lord, you come today and your Holy Spirit does something incredible in our lives. So I want to speak about joy today, and um, I want you to, are you ready with a very clever video clip at the back? Yeah. Is, is Lydia joyful? <laughs> She's excited. Uh, let's watch this clip. You've probably seen it before. Go! <laughs> Charlie. Charlie bit me. Spiritual. Uh, <laughs> Charlie bit my finger. Um, do you know what that clip is? You know, it's not watched uh, two million times on YouTube. It's not. I when I you I look thought about looking at this and I thought oh, I've seen it before. It's a bit boring. Then I found it really funny again. It's not watched two million times on YouTube. It's not watched ten million times on YouTube. It's not even watched fifty million times on YouTube. It's watched nine hundred million times on YouTube. Charlie bit my finger. A little bit of happiness in our lives. And there's so many things that make us happy, and there is this, this distinction between joy and happiness. And I was thinking of another thing that had made me happy. I was lying in bed this morning thinking about IO, and to <laughs> to <laughs> and <laughs> and I think Toby, uh, and <laughs> and it could possibly. I know we were. Uh, when are we recording? Is this going live? Okay. <laughs> if I say cut, we can cut. Right. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, this makes me happy. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. You want to know what it is? Okay, so a few years ago, um, we were standing around the circle at church, and it could have been Dan and Lewis, definitely Toby. I remember Toby, and you, I think, were there. And this visitor came to church. You will know what I mean when I say this. And they said, and they obviously found church very multicultural. So he said, hello, I'm John of England. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And he obviously found it incredibly multicultural to say, hello, I'm John of England. And I was like... And I love Robin Hood, so it's like Robin of Sherwood, Guy of Gisborne, Sheriff of Nottingham. I was like, hello, this man's talking my language. So, but I was lying there thinking, that makes me really happy, that thing. So please call me Matt of Stanway, okay? Uh, 
don't get too familiar, I'm out of Stanway. Okay, and I was lying there thinking, that makes me really happy. But there is a real distinction between joy and happiness, because if you're dwelling on that story later today, you're a little bit sad. And if you're thinking about Charlie bit my finger tomorrow, you know, let it go. Uh, <laughs> but there's a joy between joy and happiness. And there's a joy, there's a difference between joy and happiness. And the difference is happiness are things like that, that circumstances, it can be people, events, and I've just told you, shown you two things that kind of make me happy <laughs> for the wrong reasons. Um, but joy is more consistent and cultivated internally, and it comes when you make peace with who you are, why you are, and how you are. There's a real difference between joy and um, happiness. Happiness is externally triggered. So let's look at Galatians 5.22, because this verse uh, is... Fantastic. And uh, this verse has become a bit like, I live with a teacher. Uh, she could probably sing this at me. Uh, <laughs> um, for the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And you know, it's kind of become one of those verses. It's a sort of a sing-songy, but it's actually fantastic. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So, um, but if you back up from that scripture, what has just happened is that Paul is just saying that actually there's been a period of immorality. He actually talks about sexual immorality and impurity. So the context is, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And I was thinking about these things, about it's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, as a church or church, let's say in, in general, we, churches are always busy strategizing on how to reach people and how to do this and how to grow. And I kind of was just sat with the, the sort of the response of, you know, the key is the Holy Spirit to kind of our strategy. Because if we say, come Holy Spirit, let the church be full of love, joy, peace. Wouldn't it be amazing if we hit the Riverside Estate? They then come into church, see the Holy Spirit produced. And what's produced in the church is an incredible love. They go away going, what is that love in that church? Wouldn't it be fantastic if the Riverside Estate came in here and they said, Wow, there was, I'm not off camera, Matt, sorry. Uh, <laughs> wow, wasn't there such kindness in the church? That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. One more example, I don't know. Wow, wasn't there a goodness that came out of Aquila's Essex? That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, you know, dwell among us right now, Holy Spirit. We want to see more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives, but in the fruit of the church, because the fruit of the church can change the world. Okay, it says the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking, but it's about righteousness, peace and joy. Now, we had a prophetic word at our wedding and we have clung to it. I love prophetic words because I cling to them. <laughs> uh, and I think that in a sense that should be so. And Pastor Barry married us, not married us, but married us. Um, <laughs> and um, he had this uh, word for us and he said that our house will be a house of joy. And we've really clung to that. We've been married now Two years, not three, is it? Okay. How <laughs> much joy later on? <laughs> I remember the day well. Uh, we've been married two years, and Pastor Barry said, you have a house of joy. And we have really clung to that. And we declare that over our household. And if you get to visit, we hope that you'll be bouncing around with us. It's not, we, it's not like ridiculous joy. You know, I don't get out of bed and go, woo Monday. You know, I sort of go get out of bed and say, hi. 
<laughs> it takes me a while to get going. But, you know, think deeper than that sort of stuff. Um, we believe it's a house of joy. And when Elias was born, I don't know why, but I, I'm very old, okay? You remember, yeah, Dan, I'm very old. Okay. Um, and I remember old worship songs. And I was leading worship at another church 20 years ago, and there was a song called He's Given Me a Garment of Praise. It was written by a worship leader called David Haddon, and I used to love it. <laughs> um, if you went home and listened to it now, you'd be thinking I'm crazy. Um, but f- since Eliza was a baby, for some reason, we just I just held her, and I was like, He's given me a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we used to dance around the living room as a, as a newborn, and now we put it on all the time to her, and she her face lights up at that song. Let's look at Isaiah 61.3. There are so many great scriptures uh, in the Bible regarding joy. I could have picked dozens. This is great. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. I almost just want to read it again. It's such a great scripture. Go back. (laughs) To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. Jesus has come to trade your mourning for the oil of joy. Isn't that incredible? He has come to trade the spirit of heaviness. If you feel at the moment there's a spirit of heaviness, I've got good news. Jesus has come to trade it in right now for a garment of praise. And that they may be called trees of righteousness. Um, So we sing that song in our house. Eliza's face lights up, our face lights up, and we believe that there's something deeper with joy there. So let's look at John 15, 11. There is, like I said, there's so many passages of scripture, it could have, there are so many. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that they, that may be your joy. Did you know that you can be happy and not joyful? Some people make themselves so happy, there's no joy. Some people pack themselves out on the holiday to make themselves happy, but holidays are temporary things. You'll never go to heaven, well, I don't think you'll go to heaven and dwell on your holiday. <laughs> you might, will you? I don't know, probably not. Unlikely going to be thinking about your holiday. These things are passing. Some people can be really happy with no joy. Some people can go to Facebook and collect likes. Who's ever gone onto Facebook, put a post up, didn't get enough likes, removed it? Oh, come on. <laughs> Look, I did it. I, I have to confess, I probably did that in my old days. I say old days, you know, 10 years ago. I wouldn't do it. Josh wouldn't do it now. You would definitely do it. <laughs> How many Instagrammer accounts have you got now? Uh, yeah, I'm not following them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so that makes me happy. Oh, I've got 100 likes. It doesn't make me happy now because I've moved on, okay? But that might make me happy. I've got 100 likes, this fantastic photo. Oh, come on, that makes me happy. That doesn't make me joyful. This will pass tomorrow. Who cares? You know, it's about joy in heaven. I'm never going to go up to Jesus and say, Jesus, you see the selfie? It had 88 likes. He's going to go, Matt, get a life. I'm going like, yeah, I'm on here in heaven. Come on. We think about joy, not happiness oh come on <laughs> um hebrews 22 sorry hebrews 12 2 what a scripture this is it's like uncomprehendable really incomprehensible on looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the father 
Sorry, what? Say that again. Jesus went to the cross. He was tortured. He had a crown of thorns in his head. He had you on his mind. His nail-pierced hands. He carried the cross. He looked at the people on the ground. And he, his heart, I don't know what he was thinking. He sweated blood. And yet the scripture says it was for the joy that was set before him. That is crazy, amazingly cool. That it was the joy. Do you know what? It was the joy. The key to the cross was joy. Was it joy that kept Jesus to the cross? Wow. It was all about joy of the cross. Wow. Just wow. You never read the story, never thinking of joy on Good Friday. Well, you might be if you're super spiritual. Um, but it, joy is the key to the cross. Here's a quote for you. Joy, it might come up. You can note it down. Is it going to... Yes, joy is a supernatural delight in the purpose, sorry, the person, purpose, plan, placement, provision, and people of God. Note that down. So my point number one, it's always worrying is when you get into a preaching, you're like, point number one, I've been here 10 minutes already, come on. So point number one, uh, focus on the root, not the fruit. Joy is not a feeling, it's a heart posture. Joy comes from having a fixed perspective of Jesus. Does your joy come and go? Is your perspective of Jesus fixed? Jesus said that he came to have, that you may have life and life to the full. So there's two practical steps I could think I can think of when it comes to being planted. One's really difficult, and I reckon we've all had this issue in our life, and we've probably, some of us will have it now, reading the Bible. Now, it's easy, you're like, oh yeah, uh, I find it really difficult to read the Bible. You might be thinking, we've all have been in that place, without a doubt. But um, Jess and I, and I can recommend it, write it down. Jess and I have downloaded an amazing app. It's called Lectio. And if you've not heard of it, it's brilliant. Lectio, L-E-C-T-I-O. I think it's called Lectio 365. And what it does, you, I drive to work, I have it in the kitchen, and it speaks to me. <laughs> so I don't even have to sit down, open the Bible, focus really hard because I want to watch Good Morning Britain. Um, I, it's speaking to me. I'm driving. It's really good. Jess and I have listened to this app for about a year. It has changed everything. If you struggle with reading the Bible in the Word in the morning, may I recommend Lectio 365. The Word of God is crucial. It says, the Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word of God is crucial. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this. This. Uh, ooh, no. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, 15, 16. That's a nice verse, but that's not really cheery enough in the song. <laughs> I can, oh, I'll read it to you. It's fine. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word to me was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The word of God is so powerful. Let the word of God, let's not become a culture. Let's not become an age where the word of God is on the back foot in our lives. Let's prioritize it. The word was joy to me and the rejoicing of my heart. God's word is joy. The second point of being planted, I think, is community. And I was dwelling on this and we're broadcasting online now. The development over the last year online church has been phenomenal. You may have come to church today because you have checked out online church. And quite frankly, for all of us, it was, uh, excuse the pun, a saviour to us in lockdown. 
We were tuning in. It's incredible. As a church, we had to recognize the, the need for it, the importance of it, and we still recognize the need for it as we move forward. It's amazing. It's amazing how we can develop a community online this morning who are watching across the country, across the globe. They're watching me. Thank you for watching me. Um, it, that is incredible. But... If you can geographically make it to church, make it to church. Because Hebrews says, do not forsake meeting together, but encourage one another. And I know there are people that can't join us in Equipus Essex geographically right now. But if you can geographically get together, don't sit at home and say, I can do this at home. You can't do this at home because you cannot serve well at home. Being together is the key. Hebrews says, do not forsake meeting together but encourage one another. So I encourage, you know, I encourage you to encourage others. Get to church. If you can geographically get to church now and you're feeling safe with the COVID stuff because it's, it's been an issue for people, uh, please come to church. Get to church. So the word of God and community are two great steps to being planted. Uh, point number two, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit is who we are not what we do. Joy is only Jesus generated. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And when I was young, <laughs> when I was young, and I, uh, when I was younger and I lived by my... <laughs> What song is that? Um, and I lived by myself. Um, I um, went to a wedding one day, not mine, and um, I don't know where I was, early 20s, and I um, came home to my house. Uh, I lived in Highwoods. <laughs> I was thinking, can I say it online? Yeah, I lived in Highwoods. You can't go now because I don't live there now. And um, I came home from a wedding about midnight and unlocked the door. No, I didn't unlock the door because the door is, door is already unlocked. And I was like, okay, weird. And the door was ajar. And I loved my house. It was on the corner of the wood. And in the daytime, the sun would shine under the trees. And I'd be like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And I came home from this wedding, and the door was ajar. And I walked into the house to find everything upside down. Every, I was like, oh, this is midnight. It's scary. Uh, I stepped out of the house because I didn't know who was in the house. And so I uh, phoned the police. <laughs> and... Um, and then my neighbour happened to be outside at midnight. I don't know what they're doing, but we went in the house together. And the, whoever was in there wasn't anymore. And they'd opened every drawer and everything was upside down and nothing was stolen. Looking back, I'm a bit insulted they didn't steal anything, right? Okay. <laughs> and nothing, nothing. <laughs> anyway, no, let's be serious. Nothing was stolen, and, but everything uh, was upside down. My jewels have been through every jewel you can imagine, everything in the kitchen, just everything was everywhere. And um, I don't know if you've ever been burgled. Um, I remember my sister saying to me, come and stay with me this tonight. Come and stay over our house. She lived the other side of Hobart. And I remember saying, no, because if I go and stay with you tonight, I might not want to stay here tomorrow night. And that was a quite good decision. And uh, so I stayed the night with the lights on. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, it, was a it was a horrendous experience. But the biggest uh, pain of that experience, if you've ever been burgled, is the experience of someone invading your privacy. Um, someone had gone through my possessions, they'd gone through my drawers, they'd gone through everything they wanted to, and they invaded my privacy. And that was painful. And that was the biggest thing, I think, for me, for a burglar. They could have taken the TV, they didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> um, but the invasion of privacy was greater than me losing my TV. 
And, you know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come to steal your joy, by the way. He doesn't want you to be joyful. He doesn't want you to be particularly happy. But the devil has come to steal, kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. Do not let him steal your joy. He's come to invade your privacy, actually. But the Holy Spirit is so gentle, so caring, so loving. He's never come to invade anything. He just wants to come in when you open the door. He wouldn't burst in un, un, when we didn't want him to. He wouldn't up, up, turn your privacy and he said, I didn't want that to happen. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is fruitful. And that night, it was an invasion of my privacy. But hallelujah, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give me life and life to the full he, and to give me joy. So point number three is joy is not an option. It's an outcome. Joy is not an option, it's an outcome. And there's this rather cool um, quote here. This is really good. The secret to joy is, the secret to living is joy. The secret to joy is fruit bearing. The secret to fruit bearing is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. The secret to obeying is loving. The secret to loving is knowing Jesus. Jesus is our living joy. This sets us apart from any other club we can go to later on today, tomorrow. Jesus is our living joy. The secret to living is joy. And the secret to all of these things in life is Jesus. So Psalm 30, 1 to 5. This is, says, uh, you'll, you'll know the end pretty well. It says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O oh Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O oh Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. He goes, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I thought to myself, why does joy come in the morning? I'm a bit confused. What is weeping doing at night time? What is joy doing in the morning? And I researched it a little bit. And the Hebrew word for uh, endure, weeping may endure for a night. The Hebrew word for endure actually means to lodge, to stay over. So I thought, ah, oh, okay. So the Hebrew word is to stay over. So weeping is staying over for a night. Weeping is lodging for, for a night. But joy comes in the morning. What are you enduring? What can lodge no longer with you? What is no longer welcome to stay over? Because joy comes in the morning. But what of our morning, our different kind of morning? Can joy come in the other kind of morning? Have we lost relationships, friends, jobs, homes, possessions? Did we feel that we were given something and then we lost it? At the beginning of uh, Rewinder Year, I went for a job interview and for a job I really wanted. And I didn't get it. And I came second. And, oh, annoying. Um, so, but I really wanted it. And I prayed to God, God, can this change? Can there be a change of plan on this? About two weeks later, I got a phone call and they said to me, you've done it. I went, sorry, we made a mistake. You're the person we want. I thought, Hallelujah. So I started work there, and I hated it. 
Um, the culture was horrendous. Um, I felt all sorts of um, in all sorts of moral uh, pickles uh, with um, the stuff that's going around me. Do I say this? Do I say that? It was really awful. And um, uh, for the rest of the story, I then contracted COVID last year. And just before I went to return to my work, they phoned to me saying, don't bother coming back. That was music to my ears. Because um, you know when you're like, you should be like, oh no, I'm unemployed. I was like, hallelujah, I've been released from this culture. What it did do was make me say, hold on, I prayed for you U-turn on this. I thought that this is what I wanted, but it's send a, you know, I've just stood up and said, God changes more. What? what? I don't get it. Um, you know, have we ever got something we thought was from God, lost it, and then we were completely confused? Was it ever from God? I don't know. You know, that has happened to us many times. You go, I've got this from Jesus. And then they haven't got it. We didn't want it. Nothing quite frankly makes sense. But I'll tell you what, joy can come in the disappointment. Now I am in a different job. If you know where I'm, I am, it involves me wandering around a very big garden. I love it. <laughs> I do do work. I don't just wander around gardens. Uh, I, I love it. And I thank God I'm in my new job. I absolutely love it. But it, you, everyone goes through periods of life where they're slightly confused. What on earth was that about? But joy can come in the disappointment. Joy comes in the morning. So if there's something you've got that's enduring, that's lodging, that's staying over, Holy Spirit, stir our hearts. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. If there's something enduring, lodging at your house, in yourself tonight, you think, yes, I spend too many nights crying, weeping like the scripture says, then it's time to that thing to lodge no more. Because Jesus says, joy comes in the morning. So may I stir that joy in you all today. I'm not stirring happiness. I'm stirring joy. There's a distinct, dis, a distinct difference. Jesus is the joy giver. And even in this silence, allow the Holy Spirit to stir that in you. Allow the Holy Spirit to stir that in you. Job uh, has a heck of a story that I won't go into now. If you know anything about the this, this story of Job, he, he, uh, what's he loses um, possessions, his animals, he loses all his children. And he says this incredible thing. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Wow. Let's hope we never have an experience like Job, by the way. And then he has health issues. He comes out in sores and all sorts of things. And he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Yet Job 8.21 says this. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. Wow, he will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. May I encourage you today to let joy take a real hold of your life. Not happiness, to let joy take a real hold of your life. Because joy is a Jesus thing. Joy is a Jesus perspective. Happiness is temporary. Happiness comes and goes. But Jesus is joy. Jesus is our joy. Amen.